Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. It really is so good to see you today. It was good to uh, I, I see Dennis today because he was usually his work schedule doesn't let him to be here. So I yelled across the room, hey, Dennis. Was, Thanks for pointing me out, he said. So I'm not going to mention it's his 57th birthday today because that would be wrong. That would be wrong. You're, you're older than me, Dennis. Mr. P- Sorry, Mr. Patterson. Was our... Hey, this morning we're going to talk about the forgotten principle. And if you're wondering what the forgotten principle is, I'm going to show you a picture, okay? This is what it is. There. Does that clear it up now? Make sense? It will later on. I I became more fully aware of the forgotten principle when uh, back in the 1990s, the church I was pastoring in was facing this crisis. And the crisis was that they were losing pastors left and right in droves to burn out and overworked and just leaving for chaplaincies and other jobs. And they're wondering what's going on. So they wanted to find out why. So they hired a man by the name of Dr. Daniel Spate, who's a Christian gentleman. He's a preacher's kid. He's a doctor who heads up a whole ER, a large ER department in the city. And he said, would you please go find out why we're losing all these pastors? What he discovered is Astonished me, and I think it will you too. It's not just for pastors, it's for all people because he discovered that this forgotten principle is being ignored. And as a result, people are being burnt out, they're being overwhelmed. And it was so interesting, he wrote a book called The Time Bomb in the Church that talks about what he discovered in the Bible, this God-honoring principle we should be honoring that we're not. And so we're going to look at that today. Um, and and, and by ignoring this, People are just collapsing, just just stopping, just getting sick, getting burnt out and overwhelmed. And what Dr. Spate discovered is how pastors are burning up because, and of all people, they were ignoring the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, which says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And, and what we often don't realize is that God gives us this commandment for our benefit, it's, not, it's, not, it's for our good. He, he's not this tyrant, this dictator, this oppressive dictator telling us, you know, you do this or else. He's saying, no, this is how life works best when you stop every seven days for rest. And one of the directions God gives us regarding this uh, is in the Bible it says this, if you have, you have six days a week for your ordinary work. You know, underline or circle ordinary work in your notes, or if you do that in your Bible, six days a week for ordinary work. But the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of how much rest? Complete rest. A holy day dedicated to the Lord. And we want to say, no, Lord, you don't understand. If I stop for a day of rest, a day of slowing down, and focus on just, you know, I'm just kind of being restful and focusing on you, things aren't going to get done. I have to go, 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 go. I'm busy, 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 or nothing is going to get done that I want to get done. And what happens is we, we have our own brand of wisdom, a brand that says, I know better than God. And we follow it and wonder why our level of anxiety rises and our health diminishes. More than that, inadequate rest disrupts and ruins families. It will damage our souls and even kill us. 
So this morning, we're going to do a little bit of math. I hate math. How many of you love math? Oh, boy. All right. I'll, I'll love you anyways. But in the Bible, God lays out his theology of rest. It's a seven to one ratio. Right? For example, for every six days, or every six, or every seven days, or every seven years, there's to be one day or one year of rest. And and here's what we're going to learn today from God's Word. This one part of seven, this one part of rest of seven, is necessary and crucial if the other six parts are going to be productive and powerful. In fact, you know, if I'm going to talk about math today, let's have a little equation here. Powerful performance in your notes plus precise pauses equals powerful production. In other words, powerful performance, hard work, and we're not, we're not undermining the value of hard work. I'm reading through the book of Proverbs right now in my own reading, and it talks a lot about hard work in there. It says in Proverbs, uh, work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. Or I like this one, Proverbs 13, lazy people want uh, much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. So we're not undermining the value of hard work. We, we need that powerful performance part, plus precise pauses. That's what we're talking about. Because hard work void of purposely building in this one in seven ratio of rest will damage you in many ways. It will harm you spiritually. It will harm you emotionally. It will harm you physically and relationally. Now let me, I told you I don't like math. But we got to do some math today because what I, I just, the Bible, I don't know if we got this, but the Bible lays out some equations in math that tell us the, how important this one in seven ratio of rest is. So we're going to look at that today. Now, Ray, Pastor Ray read for us in Leviticus 25 earlier when God told his people, when you come to this promised land, when you become a nation, he says, for six years, you, are, you may plant your fields. And prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. That's the ordinary work we're talking about. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath of what kind of rest? Complete rest. It's the Lord's Sabbath. And God is telling us the earth needs this one year of rest following every six years that you work it. Work six years and then give the land its rest. This is the seven to one ratio. But then God continues in verse eight. If we read that, he's telling the people how after every 49 years... That's seven times seven, right? Seven times seven years. The people were to give the land another additional year of rest. And they call that 50th year the year of jubilee, which follows seven times seven years. We read this. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years. Seven times seven. Seven sets of seven years. Adding up to 49 years, because you're not good math like I am. And this 50th year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any crops that grow on your own, grow on their own, and, do not, and don't gather the grapes from your vineyards, unpruned vineyards. It'll be a jubilee year for you, and you must keep it holy. So just understand, and I'm going to repeat myself, make sure we get it. Every 50 years, the land should receive eight years of rest. Sabbath, seven Sabbath years, one out of every seven plus this additional year of Jubilee uh, for every eight or 50 years. It uh, looks like this is the principle I was telling you about. It makes no sense. Let me show you why it makes sense now. There it is. Every 50 years, every blue square represents a year of rest. One to six, seventh year of rest. 
Year 14, rest. 21, rest. 28, rest. 35, rest. 42, rest. And then the year duly, two years of rest at the end. But God, he's given this direction to a people who depend on agriculture for a living. So this is a big ask. And they said, God, I don't get it because... Like, we depend on the fields. Doesn't it make more sense? We work hard, work all the time. We'll get more yield off our land. And it was very puzzling to them how God would say, do nothing for a year. And they couldn't equate that, couldn't understand that. They applied their own brand of wisdom again, like, I know better than God. And from all we can tell, they ignored that principle. Never did it. Never, never did it. And when Saul came into power as the first king, when Israel became a nation, this command was never, ever Followed, And for 445 years, whoops, from the time that Saul came into power, the seven one the principles never applied, until 445 years later, the big bad Babylonians comes over and removes Israel from their land. And they take them back to Babylon to live as their slaves. Um, so there was this period of 445 years which had passed from the time when Israel became a nation under Saul, which they should have been implementing that 171 ratio, and they didn't do it until they're physically taken out of their land and living in Babylon as slaves. And we know that during these 445 years, the land in Israel lay dormant, and it got its rest. The people ignored the 71 principle of rest. There it is. 445 years. All those blue dots represent all the rest that the land missed. It equals 70 years of rest that the people stole from the land. Now guess how many years Israel was living in Babylon in exile? 70 years. The same amount of time which equals the same amount of time the land did not get its rest. For every year the people did not give the land its rest, the land got it back. What was taken away was given back. And the people stole 70 years from rest from the land, but the land got it back. And what you need to realize is you can ignore God's principles. You can go ahead and do this, but it will catch up to you. At some point, it will come to fruition when God says this is the way that life works and you will need this. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. So 70 years, the land of Israel, Israel's living out of the land. The same amount of time they stole, you know, the, the, the land that's rested 70 years. And we see a moment, you might say, well, isn't that just a coincidence? Are you building this all up and it's a coincidence? Well, no, it isn't. Because here, where it gets more awesome for me, is that in 2 Chronicles 36, after all this happened, they looked back and, and this is what they said. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon. We know that. And they became servants to the king and his sons until the kingdom of Persian came to power. We know that from history. Now underline this. So the message of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. Well, what was that message? The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. Jeremiah said, this is what's going to happen. You don't give the land this rest, it will get it back for you. God will make sure it gets it back. And said, oh, no, we got this. No, they didn't. And Jeremiah, before the big bad Babylonians came, told the people the entire land will become a desolate wasteland. You know, after 70 years, you're going to be taken away in captivity, then you'll go back. 
but don't try to ignore God. But they did, because in verse 8, and if I read Jeremiah uh, 25, and three, uh, it says, the Lord has been giving me these messages, Jeremiah said, I faithfully pass them on to you, but you have not listened. So the people, you get it, did not give the land its rest. The land got its rest anyways. And here's why it matters to you and I today. Why talk about all this? We're not in agriculture, many of us. Just as the people ignored that 7-1-1 ratio and giving the land its rest, and the land took it back, when we ignore the 7-1 ratio of giving rest to our bodies, giving it the rest, our bodies, if we don't do it, our bodies will eventually take it back. We read in Genesis chapter 2 how God created man. How, where, where, where did God create man from? The ground. The land. We are mostly made up of water and dirt. Sorry to, to disappoint you, but, but th- that's, who we, that's who we are. We have, may have Christ in us and we have this eternal soul, but remember, we're all housed in these finite bodies that come from the land. And God says, take a Sabbath day of rescue people. This is the fourth of the Big Ten Commandments. When you break this, when you ignore this commandment, you are breaking one of the commandments that God gives you to, to enjoy life as it should be led. You're breaking one of the Big Ten uh, because our bodies are to take six days and we're stopped fully and rest. Well, what, is, what does this mean for us? Like, we don't want to be legalistic about it because I think people have done that and, and taken all the joy out of the Sabbath, but I rest my body. My body comes from the land. It's finite. It's part of the creation. And I need to learn and trust God. He says, rest your body after every six days, one day. Work six days and rest on the seventh. And those who ignore the command, just like those Israelites did back in the day, if you don't get your body's rest, it will take it for you. It will get it back. If you don't give your body time off, it will take the time off for you without your permission. Because you're going to get sick. And your body will get its rest. Or you will burn out and your body will get its rest. Or you'll become exhausted and forced to stop and the body will take back the rest that you have not given it. That's how we're created. In fact, Dr. Spate, uh, who did this, uh, brought this to our attention, said this, what I know as a physician is that your body will get its rest. Either you give your body its rest or your body will take them back. Give it the day's rest or your body will take it back. Do you know, it's interesting during the French Revolution that they had an issue with the church and with the Bible, so they said, we are not going to adhere to this seventh day of rest. We're going to take it out of culture, take it out of society. But years later, had to put it back in because the healthcare system was just breaking down. People were getting sick, and they couldn't, so they had to say, we've got to implement back this principle one to seven because people are getting so sick. Because if you choose to ignore the Sabbath cycle of rest for your body, it won't surprise me one day that your body will go into exile, you'll be laying in a hospital bed or somewhere getting the rest back that you denied your body. One of the things uh, I hear mostly from people, and, and, you know, and I felt this way, I'm overwhelmed. I just feel stressed out. I feel exhausted. And what our society and culture today is not helping us in this area is because it's almost like the French Revolution want to take Sunday away again, make another ordinary day. And so we run our kids to their games and we're running to do these errands and we're not doing our Sabbath day of rest and, and our body, you know, we're gonna, our body will take it back for us if we ignore that. And we wonder why anxiety is growing. 
why there's a rise in mental health issues. A lot of it has to do with ignoring the seven to one principle. Sunday is not just another day to do what we do ordinarily in the six days prior to that. Also, secondly, what, what uh, the staff means, uh, uh, first of all, uh, this helps me. Our best requires rest. Uh, that helps me because I, I, I think if I want to live my life to the best, to the fullest and to the most, to be you know, as healthy emotionally, physically as I can, I got to rest. My son-in-law uh, convicted me of this because I usually take Sundays at lunch to start my Sabbath. Sunday afternoon, I'm gone. I probably won't responding uh, to texts or calls because I'm just, I'm just sitting in front of the TV with a football game on going like this. <laughs> Someone tries to take, the kids will try to take the remote out of my hand, then I wake up. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is holy ground. They don't come close to me. But then Monday, I come back and Russell, my son-in-law, who was in the denomination where this study was revealed, said, you got to take 24 hours. I went, that's right. So I'm going to try to do Sunday night, or Sunday from lunch to Monday to lunch. Um, I remember reading in history this story. This is, there was back in the pioneer days when families, you know, they're kind of settling on the east coast of the nation and they're offering land out in the west and so if you could get out there, you could claim land. And there's two families that said, well, let's go out into the west back in the pioneer days. Let's go out and get the first come, first serve. Let's go out and claim this land that would make it our own. So they got in their wagons and their horses and two families set out across the whole uh, continent to get out to the west to put their stakes down and claim their land. One family was a Christian family, the other wasn't. And so after six days, this family of believers stopped the wagons, set up camp and rested for a day. Rested the horses, rested their bodies and took time and stopped. The other family said, we can't do this. We got to get out there. First come, first serve. We can't stop a day. And they kept going. Seven days a week, they would get out there. The other family would go six days and stop, six days and stop. Well, what fascinates me is the Christian family, when six days and stop, arrived first. They gave their horses rest. They gave their bodies rest. They gave rest things where they could, you know, things weren't breaking down. The other family came later. And sometimes, you know, as we said, less is more. Less is more. So I rest my body. Uh, secondly, I love this one too. I uh, recharge my emotions. How do you do that? It's different, isn't it, for all of us? I love sitting in front of the ocean. We don't have an ocean here, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. So on my TV, I'll put the ocean on with the waves and just sit there and, oh, just I can fall. I just can emotionally get charged. Some of you like reading a book. Some of you like getting out in God's creation. Some of you love relationships. Some of you just want to be alone. Um, some of us want to be in a recreation that rejuvenates us, not a, not a competing one because that's just too stressful, but that you know, rejuvenates us. We're going for a walk, taking a nap, listening to music. Um, I like being somewhere there's no clutter and just I just feel free. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you, and you know what it is, stop on this 24-hour cycle this one day out of seven. And not only rest your body, but recharge your emotions by engaging in this. You say, no, I don't have time to stop. That's me. I don't have time to do this. No, yeah, yeah. If you don't have time to do this, you, you, you won't have time. You know, your body will get its rest back for you. Um, I find that people who ignore this and aren't emotionally recharged, they suddenly come to not like their job anymore. 
They suddenly get tired of family. They suddenly become bitter overall because they're not stopping to recharge emotionally. God knows what he's talking about. And then finally, the Sabbath day, refocus my spirit. And that's why we come to church today. That's why we come to worship God through song and his word and through the relationships of his people. If you come here today and say, I've come here to focus on God. I want to learn from him. I want to hear from him. I want to honor him. It's all about you, not about me. Then you're going to leave here today with a better perspective of life. You probably will already because the Bible says the seven one ratio you need to apply if you want a better life. And one of the things that worship does is that, that it, it, is that it helps us to have a different perspective on what's really important. Because honestly, we know this. Some people today have decided to go shopping this morning. Uh, some went to play sports this morning. Some even tried to sleep in. I love all of these things. I try to practice all of these things when I can. But not today. Not this morning. Because uh, I know none of those things can replace what I can receive when I come to this place with God's people and I focus on him and I hear from him. I can't find that in banks. I can't find that in airports. I cannot find that in arenas or in malls. There's something about when God's people come together and we hear together, we listen together, we thank God together. There's something, and we hear his word that puts life into better perspective and we're ready to go out and refocus my relationship with him. And of course, we need that daily private time with worship of God as well. This is when we get alone with God without the distractions, without something going, I've got to get through this, got to get through this, got to get through this, I'm done, thank you. But we, we take the time to hear from him, to listen to him, to talk with him. Uh, I love this saying, you know, if I'm too busy for God, then I'm too busy. I think logically, so that gets me. Some of you might just go, ah, but that gets me. If I'm too busy for God, if I don't have time to spend with him every day, I'm too busy. Jesus once said this, uh, this in Matthew, and this is the message. I love how it says it. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me, Get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. <clears throat> Walk with me, and work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn, I love this phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus is telling us to focus where? On me. Come to me. Get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me, he says in that verse. And so Jesus says, when you do this, I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Life flows better. The unforced uh, rhythm of grace to me is like a beautiful piece of music, a song. A song isn't just one long note. That's not beautiful. There's no beauty in that. A beautiful song consists of shorter notes and longer notes some melodies, and these things called rests. Where you stop for a moment and you pause in silence. It's a quiet space within the song. At least your part is quiet. And the rest or pause in life to me is 40, Psalm 46.10. Where God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Jesus was active. He worked but he rested. He spent time with his heavenly father in the morning. If you read the Bible, you're going to see that. Where's Jesus? He's off in the morning, quietly, alone with his heavenly father. Jesus, we read, would get in a boat, go out, and fall asleep. He knew how to rest. He knew the groove of living in the unforced rhythms of grace. And he invites us to say, would you come with me, watch with me, 
look at me, learn from me, and learn this for your life. I'm doing this so you would learn and you would know. Even at the very beginning, Jesus says, God created the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. You know, God probably wasn't tired. <laughs> right? He's God. But he wants to model to you how important this is. If I'm going to show my kids something, I can tell them or I can model it to the, for them. God's modeling a principle he wants you to, and you need to follow. The groove happens when we find the rhythm of yes and no. When to say yes, when to say no. Of go and stop. Of notes and spaces. It's a formula that looks like the one we saw earlier. Powerful performance that is hard work, industrious work, with these precise pauses, this one in seven ratio, where I stop and I rest, because God says, this is how my body, this is how my mind, this is how my soul works, will equal powerful production. You want to do more, get more, enjoy more, have more? Follow God's brand of wisdom. He knows better. Powerful work plus precise pauses equals powerful production. And you know, and I, today I, asked, I have some questions there. What exhausts you or keeps you working past your limits? Where, when and where do you rest most deeply? And who helps you rest? In fact, you know what I think I'm going to do today? I'm going to go in the fellowship hall after. I know there's going to be a little announcement after, but I'm just going to sit by the fire, inside the fire there. If you want to come, I'd love to, you know, just chat. I'd love to know what exhausts you or keeps you working past your limits. I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. When and where do you rest most deeply? I'd be interested to know you better. What, how do you rest? How, what, how are you, what helps you to recharge emotionally? And who helps you with that in life? So after the service, you down the fellowship hall, you'll see me by the couch and the fire there. That won't be on, but it'll, it'll be. And we'll talk. All right, let's pray though, first of all. God, thank you for showing us and modeling us these, un, these, these uh, unforced rhythms of grace that we need in our life. I know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one here, that we, we're just tempted to go, 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 go. And we just play that one blurring note, and you're saying, stop. Take a rest. Take a pause, a moment of silence, and be still and just know that I am God in your life. Spend time to know me and hear from me. Spend time resting your body, recharging your emotions, and refocusing on our relationship focusing my spirit I know Lord there's everything in us that want to cry out that we can't do that yet I know if we don't at some point our bodies our lives will get its rest back and I wish none of us to become burnt out or sick exhausted or overwhelmed so Lord would you help us remind us of this this week not that we just heard another sermon but when we go out and back into the world that we live in the homes where we live, in the works, our workplaces, that we'll remember your ratio, your theology of rest, and how it applies to me today. How I need that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at the gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.